That's beautiful. Is that a new one? That's good. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, be honest with me. How many of you forgot to turn your clocks back this morning? That's uh, about half a dozen of you. Thought you were coming to Sunday school. I mean to uh, Sunday school, and here you are at the early service. That's good. Good. John Hughes, uh, he won't mind me sharing this. He, he outsmarted himself. He turned his clock back an hour before going to bed and then found out his clock was one of those self-adjusting clocks. <laughs> so he was scrambling this morning. But it's good to see you all here. And because uh, daylight savings time, I guess, ended this morning, I've been thinking about time, and uh, Lynn and Margaret were talking about stewardship of time, how important it is, friends, church members, to think about time and how we use it and, and, and what purpose we make of our time. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, says this. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Funny thing, in that list it doesn't say anywhere a time to waste or time to squander. Everything there's a time and purpose under heaven and as followers of Jesus, our purpose is to find out what God wants us to make of this time here. If you realize how short a window of opportunity we have here on earth, if it's 80, 90, or 100 years, what is that in comparison to eternity? And what we do with this short, this brief span of time here on earth will determine our enjoyment of eternity, our presence in eternity. All of us will have eternity that... The question is, will it be in the presence of God or the absence of God? I hope it's in the presence. So let's talk about time this morning. Let's bow together. Father, as we come into your house, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that, that all of us gathered here are here right now. You knew that this would happen. These folks would be here. And you have a purpose for us to do so. So help us find that purpose and fulfill it according to your goodwill. And help us grow throughout this day and all the days to follow because our lives here are so fragile and so fleeting. We may be young and think we're going to live forever. We may be older and realize our days are numbered. But wherever we are, Lord, help us to use the time you give us for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now think about this sometimes. Let's say every morning a bank account with $86,400 is deposited into your account. It carries over no balance from one day to the next and every night it cancels out whatever portion of that amount you fail to spend during the day. $86,400, what would you do? Of course, you'd wanna spend that time, wouldn't you? You want to use it wisely and invest it. 
Well, that's exactly what you have because every morning, 86,400 seconds are placed into your account called a day. You have a day. And if you fail to use that deposit of 86,400 seconds wisely, then the loss is yours because it can never be reclaimed. Have you ever had a day when you, when you looked at a calendar and realized there would never be another day like it and you wanted to make the most of it? I, I, this hit me. I guess I was about 10 years old and we were uh, putting a basketball goal in my driveway. At the end of the driveway, you know, and dug a hole. My father dug a hole and then we put concrete around it. Then what do you do in wet concrete? Write your initials and the date. Well, that date, I hope this wasn't anything bad, but it was 6666. June 6, 1966. And, uh, you know, it kind of struck me. There'll never be another day like 66. There'll be a, never be another day like November 3rd, 2013. When this day is over, it's gone. And there'll never be another November 3rd, 2013. So, what are you going to do with the 86,400 seconds in this day that God has given you? Does it, does it seem ironic to you that we have less time today than our parents and grandparents had, and yet we have all these labor and time-saving devices? I remember seeing a washing machine in my grandmother's basement, and uh, it was one of these things that just kind of swirled around, and then you pull your clothes through a ringer. You remember those things? And then, and then she hung them up outside, and it was an all-day affair when you wash clothes. It's not anymore. But, and yet we have less time to do the things that, that I think God has called us to do because we have all these labor and time-saving devices. Anytime I hear somebody say, I don't have time to do something, I think of a lady in my church in Kentucky when I was in seminary. Her name was Aunt Dora. And she was one of these older ladies, kind of the matriarch in the church, and she had been around long enough that she could say anything she wanted to say and get away with it. So anytime anybody said, I don't have time to do that, she'd say, huh, you have time to do everything else you want to do. Think about it. You have time to do everything you want to do. The question is, is it a priority or not? Because if it's something you want to do, you'll make time. So don't ever say, I don't have time. I was listening to Caleb a couple weeks ago, and I told the staff this. What's the one word that you should never use at work. The one word you should never say at work. Did y'all hear it on the radio? The word is busy. Never use that word at work because what you're implying is that you're more important and you're busier than everybody else. Plus, by using that one word, you're just adding to your own stress. You're just making yourself feel like you've got so much to do. You just don't know how you're going to get it all done. And I've known folks like that. How are you? I saw Bill. How you doing, Bill? Oh, I'm just running around like a chicken with his head caught off. And I'm going, what are you doing? I mean, you're really not that busy. You know, you, you know it's, just, it's just the stress that he placed on himself. It made, him, made himself feel busy, made himself feel important. Daylight savings time ended this morning at 2 a.m. And uh, I'm still kind of amused. There are some states in our nation that refuse to go on daylight savings time. And there are folks that do that too. Uh, some folks say that, God, uh, that, that the government has no business messing with God's time. Sounds kind of crazy, but they did get one thing right. God and time 
have a relationship. There's something in common between them. And I just want to point out four things real quickly about God and time. The first thing is that I want you to see how God made time. Like Lynn and Margaret were, were saying, God has given us everything and we're to be stewards of it. God made time. Genesis 1.14, the very beginning, God said, let the lights in the firmament, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And so God made time. He began to place time and space and things in them. And lastly, he created man and placed man as a subject of time to live in time, to have a relationship with him in time. And then Satan entered into the garden and tempted the woman and she ate of the apple and gave it to the man and sin entered into time. And God began working in time to bring sinful man back into a relationship with himself. And, and through time, God narrowed down time where he was working with a nation, the people of Israel. And then within the people of Israel, the, the family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then within that family line to the line of David. And then in the line of David came Jesus in the Old Testament just prior to that closed. But God created time and he placed man in time and he began working with man in time. God, above time, entered into time because of the relationship with man that he desired to have. I love the verse in Galatians 4.14, which brings up the second point. And it says... I'm sorry, Galatians 4.4, 4. when time had fully come, or one translation says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. When did God send Jesus? In the fullness of time. What does that mean? When time was complete, when it was full, when it was perfect, God awaited the, the specific time, the specific hour, and the specific minute of time. God above time entered into time through his son, Jesus Christ. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. And then if you notice, over and over again throughout Jesus' life, people would cr try to get him to do something or say something or go somewhere. And all along the way, Jesus would say what? He'd say, my time has not yet come. It's not time. It's not time yet. I, I came in the fullness of time, and God is unfolding everything in a perfect plan, in a perfect way, and in the fullness of time, in the perfect time, I will fulfill that purpose. But my time has not yet come yet, so don't, don't touch me. Don't, don't tell me that. Don't take me here. Don't make me do that. Don't ask me to do that, because my time has not Yet come. And one day his time came and they nailed him to a cross on a hill called Golgotha. And all that while, God, it says, was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God allowed his son to come in time. And in that process, he's reconciling the world unto himself. He is redeeming mankind. We're talking in staff this week about what redeeming means. Do you remember? Uh, you have to be a little older to go. Remember going into a Piggly Wiggly and getting S&H green stamps 
or greenback stamps. Do you remember that as a child? I can't remember. Maybe it was Winn-Dixie. We got S&H green stamps in an indicator where I grew up. And mom let me take those stamps and I had a little plate with water on it and a sponge because I wasn't going to lick all those stamps. But I wet those stamps and stuck them in a book. And if you got a 25, we're talking about 25 stamps and a 50 stamp and you just stick one of those in the middle. You didn't have to plaster the whole page with stamps. But you get eight or 10 or 12 or 15 books and then you take them to a Greenbacks Redemption store and you trade in those stamps. What'd you get? Waffle, a crock pot, waffle oven, toaster, you know, some kind of little appliance like that. And what, what you were doing was redeeming the stamps that had value for something that was of greater value to you. You, were, you went to a redemption store and you redeemed the stamps that they said had value to get something of greater value to you. And that's what God did in time. He gave us his son that was of value but he sacrificed that, that we might be a redeemed people and we might be forgiven of our sin. So God made time and he sent his son Jesus in the fullness of time. And then at the end, one day God is going to call time. Revelation 10, 5 and 6 says this. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives Forever and ever who created heaven and what is in it, the earth, and what is in it, the sea, and what is in it. And my translation says there should be no more delay. A lot of translation says, and time shall be, what? No more. Time shall be no more. One day God's going to call time and that's going to be it. And that's going to be the end. And it's going to be the time where the redeemed are taken to heaven. We will throw away our calendars, we'll throw away our watches and our iPads and smartphones and everything else because when, when time is over and God comes to take us to heaven or Jesus comes again, time will be no more. This is hard for us to comprehend because we are used to living in an earth-bound, time-bound frame of reference. And so folks will ask me, what's heaven going to be like? What's, you know, are we going to get bored? Are we going to get tired of singing God's praises? Quit thinking of heaven in terms of time because when we get to heaven, there won't be any time. Time is a frame of reference that exists here on earth. But when we get to heaven, it'll be no more. And that's why the, the, the uh, verse in Amazing Grace says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun We've no less days, what, to sing God's praise than when we first begun. So in other words, 10,000 days is going to be as a blink of the eye. It's going to be a split second, 10,000 years. It's going to be so fast. And so a million years, a billion years, all that time is, is earthbound. But when we get to heaven, it'll just seem like a split second. You know the story of the little boy who asked God how long a million years was to him, and God said, son, a million years is just like a split second to me. And so the little boy asked, well, God, what's a million dollars like to you? And God said, well, son, a million dollars is just like a penny to me. And the boy said, God, can I borrow a penny? And God said, sure, just a second. <laughs> Time will be no more. 
So quit thinking of eternity in terms of time. It's going to be it's going to be glorious and it's going to be great. And when time comes to a close, we'll give an account for the stewardship we gave over our time here on earth and then spend eternity with God in heaven. So the, the lesson here comes in Ephesians 5, 15, 16. I memorized this verse in college a long time ago. It says, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, for the days are evil. Make the most of your time. Be careful how you walk. The days are evil, and, and I would add the days are short, and they're numbered. And one day it's going to come to a close. Redeem the time. Make the most of it. Don't squander the opportunities you have here on earth. Make the most of it and use it for the Lord. Redeem it for good for him. Trade it in for something of greater value. That's what Queen Esther did. You know the story of Esther in the Old Testament? <clears throat> this evil man named Haman built a, a gallows and he was going to hang a leader of the Jews named Mordecai on it. <clears throat> and he went to the king, and the king was ready to hang Mordecai. And Mordecai got word of it, and he went to Queen Esther, who had the king's ear, but it was still risky for her to go into the king's presence. And Mordecai literally begged her and said, Listen, if you don't go to the king and tell him what Haman is plotting against me and against the Jewish people, you know, they'll hang me. And, and then Mordecai says something interesting. He said, Esther, who knows but that God placed you here for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Who knows, folks, that God didn't put you here in Tifton, Georgia, in this church, in the community where you are, in the school where you are, in the business where you are. It's not an accident. It's not coincidence. God has placed you in a strategic location for such a time as this. And so Esther goes into the king and he is pleased to receive her and hears the word from Mordecai. And so instead of Mordecai being hung on the gallows that Haman had built, Haman is hung himself on the gallows which he built for somebody else. I believe that everything happens in the will of God, happens in the fullness of time, happens in the perfect time, in the perfect way. The problem is I found more often than not, you and I run ahead of God. We want something to happen right now. I was reading a, a little prayer journal this morning, and it said, don't ever doubt that your prayers are not answered. They are answered. It just may not be in the time frame that you desire. It may not even be in your lifetime, but your prayers will be answered. Don't put a time frame on God, because God, once again, is above time and space and distance. And all those dimensions that we, that we think about here on earth, God is above them. When I was in college, there was a popular song going around by Jim Croce called Time in a Bottle. And uh, he talked about time. He wanted to put time in a bottle. And so when he needed time for his family, he could take some time out. And when he needed time for some friends, he could take some time out. And it always had this reserve of time in a bottle that he could have at his disposal. Sadly and ironically, Jim Croce died in an airplane crash less than a year after writing that song. He didn't know how, how quickly his time in a bottle would run out. And we don't, we don't know that either. Um, 
Our, our whole church, our, our staff was saddened this past Monday morning when one of Jose's a sister in his church was killed in a crash down in Omega, I think, or, or uh, Norman Park, and she was just taking her kids to school, and a truck came over and hit her head on, killed her. Her little son was in surgery for broken legs down in Thomasville, and you know, I just, I just sit there thinking, here's a woman taking her kids to school, and she didn't know that morning when she got up that that would be her last, her last morning, her last day. Life is so fragile and so short. We need to make the most of it because the days are evil and limited. God made time and he sent Jesus in the fullness of time and one day he's going to call time, so make the most of your time. He's put us here for a reason. He's given us these moments together. Let's use them wisely. Redeem them. Trade them in for something of value for his kingdom and his glory. Amen. Let's bow together. Father, as we think about this time we have, I don't know, 920 maybe, November 3rd, 2013, there'll never be another minute just like this. And, and we're doing well being here together worshiping you, but the rest of this day, the rest of this week, the rest of this month, who knows how much time we're just going to squander and waste when we could be spending time with you in a relationship with you, telling a friend about you, doing so much that will have meaning in eternity. So that when we get to eternity and look back, we won't regret the time we wasted, but we'll rejoice in the time that we used and we redeemed for you. Forgive us for all that's gone behind us. Guide us in all that lies ahead. And by your presence and strength, Lord, your spirit within us, Help us to redeem the time. Make the most of it. For your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.